Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Serious Issues, where we read all of last week's comics and let you know which ones you should be reading too. My name is Andrew Levins. My name's Siobhan Coons. And every week we read those comics. Yep. I just said it. That's what we do. <laughs> you get the gist. Uh, we record live at King's Comics in Sydney. And uh, if you would like to buy any of the comics that we talk about on the show, you can absolutely find almost all of them there, provided they haven't sold out. And of mm-hmm. course, King's Comics can be found at... 310 Pitt Street or kingscomics.com. In Sydney. In Sydney. Yeah, sorry. We are in Sydney. Obviously. In case you can't tell. Sydney, Australia. By our accents. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to be reviewing uh, a, a, t- a tiny amount of number ones in our uh, beginning segment, First Things First. Uh, and uh, quite a few comics actually ended this week, too. Hmm. A, a, few, a few sad and, and, and wanted farewells. <laughs> so, uh, look forward to those. But before we talk about comics, it's time to talk about a night in which you can talk about comics. Mm. We are throwing our first ever live episode. And it's more than just a live episode. It is going to be a straight-up party. Um, it's called Single Issues Night. There's, Originally, there's yeah. nothing that comic book fans love like a party. <laughs> Being around other humans, all right. I am a uh, extremely social dude, I and I happen to love comics a lot. Um, you can find me in the club. Bottles, I don't remember what the line in 50 Cent song is, but uh, I DJ a lot and I go to clubs a lot and uh, I would like to combine my love of comics and my love of clubs by uh, doing an, a, a, a night that we're going to fill a nightclub with with comic books, with yeah. with back issues, with uh, long boxes, short boxes of uh, of stock from the infamous King's Comics warehouse. And there's going to be some extremely cheap, really really ultra cheap back issues, um, especially recent stuff from the last couple of years. So it's going to be super worthwhile coming down and checking that out. Yeah, if you're a collector or you you know if if you if you want to fill some g- gaps in your collection or even just pick up some comics that you may have missed when they came out, this is a great way to do it on the cheap. Uh, my h- idea for this was just like how great it would be to like, like have a drink in one hand mm. and then just be fingering through lots of different comics and getting mm. all dusty and, and just kind of talking to mates, Absolutely. listening to music, buying old comics. So that's exactly what we're doing. It's happening next Thursday at Hudson Ballroom, which is 55 Liverpool Street in Sydney. If it's a big success... Uh, maybe we'll take this on the road. Whoa. Collaborate with other comic book stores. Maybe do something in nightclubs elsewhere. I That'd don't know. That'd be crazy. So, because it's a pretty good concept, I think. Mm. Provided everyone is, doesn't actually hate you know, nightclubs yeah. and, and talking to people. <laughs> it's uh, going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm excited. I'm not much of a nightclub person. I'm much more like, hermity spend all my time at home reading <laughs> comic books. But even I am excited about this. So uh, should be good, guys. I'm DJing. 
Siobhan's boyfriend Nacho Pop uh, and, and one time guest of the show yep. will be uh, will be DJing too still a funny sentence Siobhan's boyfriend Nacho Pop <laughs> it's been four years whatever. you can call him Nate <laughs> Nato Pop um, and uh, we're going to be doing a live episode and uh, yeah. the bulk of the live episode is going to be the announcement of the winners of our favorite comic books and favorite comic book creators and all kinds of different awards that we're giving out for, for the best of 2016. Mm. And uh, we have compiled a long list of things of, of you know, different, different uh, what's it called, like awards and, and mm-hmm. entrants uh, that we want you to vote on. Yeah. So we've got... otherwise it would just be like... Wonder Woman would win every every award sure, if sure it would. was my <laughs> best Marvel series. Wonder Woman. Hello. <laughs> um, so uh, we've 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 made a survey and mm-hmm. uh, we're we're pushing it out on our on our social media. Um, if you head over to our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast, uh, you'll you can find the survey there. I've just put it up there now. Um, it's also on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash serious issues. Sorry, facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcasts. Um, and uh, it's also on our Twitter, twitter.com slash serious underscore underscore issues. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to remember. Mm-hmm. But um, we're going to be pu- pushing it out over the next few weeks. It's free for you, obviously, to vote. Uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Siobhan and I uh, spent a great deal of today putting mm-hmm. the awards together. In fact, I might go through them now. <coughs> so uh, the, first, the first award is the best Marvel series of 2016. And the nominees are... Oh, man, do we want to go through all the nominees right now? We have so many nominees for everything. Let's do it. The, oh, unbeatable, man. the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, The Vision, Power Man and Iron Fist, Mockingbird, Nighthawk, Moon Knight, Moon Child and... Sorry, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Black Widow. I almost wrote Black Window. That would be a good comic. Um, Thor, Black Panther, Spider-Woman. That's it. That's all the Marvel ones. It's been a big year for Marvel. Yeah, I know. And, and I think, you know, we always get asked, are we more Marvel or are we more DC? And I think... What you're going to find out is we maybe we are more Marvel than we are DC. See, I think that we have a lot more like best Marvel comics, but in our best comics, they're mostly DC. Okay, cool. Because the best DC series we have here, we've got Superman, Superman, American Alien, Batman, Tom King run, uh, Detective Comics, The Flintstones, Wonder Woman, Sheriff of Babylon, and Unfollow. I know mm-hmm. that they are... Um, um, Vertigo imprints, but it's a DC owned imprint, uh, and we 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 considered including some of the young animal stuff, which has really been enjoying. But we thought three issues is a bit not not quite enough to uh, warrant a spot on the mm. best of the year. Um, so hopefully this time next year we'll be seeing lots of young animal on the DC list. Uh, best image series, Siobhan, you want to read these ones Absolutely. out? Absolutely. So we got Headlopper, um, Paper Girls, Black Magic, Saga, Southern Bastards, Snot Girl, Island, Velvet. Um, next we have best indie series and we have a, um, disclaimer, because disclaimer, yes, we realized that not all these publishers are truly independent, but we needed an award for all the comics that weren't DC, Marvel or Image. So please don't email us about this. Yeah. We, we get that putting an aliens comic is like not, not, <laughs> it's independent. not exactly independent. <laughs> um, but so we've got Black Hammer, um, Aliens Defiance, Goldie Vance, Jughead, um, Claws, Lady Killer 2, Afterlife with Archie, James Bond. The Warren Ellis run on James Bond with mm-hmm. Ian, Ian, James Jason Masters. Um, we've got Best All Ages Series, which is a category that's dear to our heart. Category mm-hmm. was the word I was searching for earlier in the episode. Um, Goldie Vance, Jughead, Archie, Space Battle, Lunchtime, Marvel, Sum Sum, Siobhan's favorite comic, and uh, mm-hmm. the Backstages for Best All Ages Series. 
<clears throat> then we go to Best Comedy Series. This is a short one. Only four four nominees for this one, but I, I really, really want to make sure the Flintstones wins at least one <laughs> award. So, he, the Flintstones pops up a lot. Uh, the Unbeatable Squirrel, Squirrel Girl, the Flintstones, Howard the Duck, and Jughead. I mean, they're all, all great funny. comics. All so, very, funny all very funny. So, yeah, a, a lot of Zadarsky, a lot of Ryan North, mm. and some Flintstones in there too. Um, and then, uh, of, of course, you know, we, we do first things first at the beginning of each episode, which we review the all the new number ones that have come out each week. So we thought it would be very apt to do best first issue of the year. Um, and so for that, we've got Animosity, number one, mm-hmm. Kill or Be Killed, number one, The Unworthy Thor, number one, Shade the Changing Girl, uh, Motor Girl, Lake of Fire, Snot Girl, Ether, and The Electric Sublime. All great first issues. Yes, and if uh, you've been happy so far, it's time to be sad. Put on your sad pants, because um, this is the category Most Tears Shed. So that's the saddest moment of the year, and we've left these fairly vague, so we don't... Um so we don't spoil yeah, it and totally. We, and we obviously we weren't going to put in like you know Darwin Cook dying. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah, because that's really sad. But this is you know this is fake sad yeah. things that made us <laughs> emotional in comics this year. Um, so we've got a long-awaited reunion in Saga thirty-six. We've got um, the death of a ghost in Saga thirty-eight. That's that's not that vague. <laughs> <laughs> um, farewell to a sidekick in Spider Woman thirteen. Tim's last stand in Detective Comics 940. John Kent steps up in Superman 6. A final goodbye in The Vision um, issue 12. And The Last Supper in 259. We're reviewing 260 later in the episode. Uh, But first, here are the nominees for Best Event of the Year. And I know Best is, you know, very much in parentheses. (laughs) uh, I mean, I, I, this I is more this is a hard one. This is like a kind of this is the, this is where the survey just becomes like just data mining. I'm very curious to see which of these mostly terrible events mm. people would consider the best. So we've got Civil War Two, Death of X, DC Universe Rebirth, which I think is going to get like 95 percent of everyone's clicks. <laughs> you gotta hope so. <laughs> uh, Batman and the Monster Man, Clone Conspiracy, and the IDW book Revolution. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what you guys pick on that one. Absolutely. Um, best graphic novel. So, these are just standalone graphic novels, not collected um, things, if that makes sense. So, we've got The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Beats Up the Marvel Universe. Dark Knight, A True Batman Story. That's the really excellent Paul Dini and Eduardo Rizzo book. Um, Moon Cop by Tom Gold. Patience by Daniel Klaus. Um, Mesolith, Volume 1 by Ben Haggerty and Adam Brockbank. That's really good if you haven't read it. Check it out, guys. Um, Wonder Woman Earth 1 by Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette. And How to Talk at Girl, How to Talk to Girls at Parties by Neil Gaiman, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Barr. And the, the cool thing with this list is, um, you know, obviously we don't expect everyone to read as many comics as, as we do. So if you ever re- see, a, see a category that you don't know enough about, you don't have to answer. You can mm-hmm. just hit the skip button. Yep. And, uh, you know, that, that, that means you're not just throwing your vote at something that you vaguely know. And we won't judge you. Diplomacy. Um, so next is uh, Best Artist. And, man, it was, it's, we've had a really tough time, like, <laughs> narrowing these down. So some of these have so many... Um, 15 potential artists that yeah. you can vote for in our Best Artist of 2016 category. So I'm just going to go through them really quick. So Erica Henderson, Nicholas Scott, Trad Moore, Mitch Gerritz, Patrick Gleason, Cliff Chang, Fiona Staples, Brittany Williams, Dan Mora, Russell Dorderman, Raymond Villalobos, Sanford, Sanford Green... Um, Sean Phillips, Leslie Hung, and Steve Pugh. Similarly, we could not uh, whittle down our writer list to uh, anything small, so we've put, got Jason Aaron, Jeff Lemire, Greg Rucker, Hope Larson, Ryan North, Tom King, Mark Wade, Kelly Sudaconic, um, Marjorie Liu, um, Chelsea Kane, David Walker, Warren Ellis, Brian Wood, Chip Zdarsky, Brian K. Vaughan, and Grant Morrison. 
Um, and then probably our favorite category of, mm. of, of, of these awards, it's character of the year. First, it started out like, you know, oh yeah, let's think about characters that had a great year this year. And then we just decided to just, we were just yelling names at each other, <laughs> characters we like. So I'm looking forward to seeing how, how this one goes. Um, character of the year, Wonder Woman, Goldie, Goldie Vance. Squirrel Girl, mm-hmm. Guy Gardner. Yep. <laughs> Jughead. Always a good year for Guy Gardner. <laughs> Jane Foster, Luke Cage, John Kent, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Superboy, Fred Flintstone. Absolutely. Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Yep. He got <laughs> uh, hot. Manifold. It's probably the, the, the most... Uh, That's the most obscure one, yep, maybe? <laughs> definitely. Um, Devil Dinosaur. Yes. Um, specifically, Shirtless, Steve Tra- Trevor. Yeah. Um, Nightwing's Butt. Yep. Huge and, year for Nightwing's butt. And, and Goose from Saga. <laughs> uh, so, that's, that's probably my favorite award. I look forward to uh, everyone's answers on that one. Um, finally, we have uh, what we think to be some of the best comics of the year. Mm-hmm. We need your help picking the best of, of all of these. Um, so, we've got Superman, uh, the Peter Tomasi, Patrick Gleason, and Doug Mankey run. Wonder Woman, Greg Rucker's run. Um, the Vision by Tom King and Gabriel Walter. The Flintstones. Goldie Vance. Mockingbird. The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Claws, Snot Girl, and Black Hammer. Lots of lots of good books there. I mean, mm. the very least, go check out this survey so you can see which books we recommend you read mm-hmm. from 2016. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> like, this is just full of great recommendations, even yep. if you're... And finally, the hardest question of the, on the survey. And probably the most important one. Uh, <laughs> best Serious Issues host, Siobhan <laughs> Levins, or... Please don't make me answer this. The choice is yours, guys. The <laughs> choice is yours. Head to our Facebook Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast, and uh, we'll pin the link to the top of our page, so mm-hmm. it will always be first and foremost when you go there. Um, we, want you to, we want you to vote. We're going to announce the winners at our live episode, which we're going to record as well, mm-hmm. which is super exciting. Again, it's uh, on the 15th of December, Thursday, 15th of December. That's definitely the date, right? Yes. Um, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. At... Um, at, at the Hudson Ballroom on Liverpool Street in, in Sydney. And uh, entry is five bucks. That gets you a free comic on yeah. entry too. So, Absolutely. like, no matter what happens, you're going to leave home with at least one comic. Yep. And some good music too. Yeah. And a live episode. You know what? There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. This is, this You'd is be crazy not great to value. Um, so, uh, we hope to see as many Sydney listeners there. We also hope maybe you think about my fly, flying into Sydney just for this if yeah. you live, you know, far, far away. I mean, we have a lot of listeners in the States. It'd be lovely to see all your faces. We have at least <laughs> one listener in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that is uh, the single issues night. It was going to be called Singles Night. Um, but that proved confusing. Everyone thought it was a dating night. So. <laughs> Which I also want to set up. Yep. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. Hopefully we'll see you there. On with the show now. First things first, the uh, segment in which we review all of the brand new number ones from last week. Siobhan Coombs, what should we review first? Um, what's something we both read? Should we talk about the new Venom comic? Yeah, okay, sure. Why not? What is your connection to the character of Venom? Do you care? I don't. I mean, I really, I did quite like the Flash Thompson stuff. I thought that was quite cool, like, having Venom be a good guy, but have that be a sort of complicated and occasionally compromised situation. And I liked, you know, Flash having this military history and getting his legs using the Venom Venom suit and stuff like that. And I thought that was like a really cool, clever Mm. um, way to use that character and make him something special. And this is... um, it doesn't really explain what's happened to Flash. He no longer has the symbiote. Um, from the the kind of letter at the back, it says that you know we're going to find out what happened to Flash at some point in the future of the series. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Matt Gargan, who is the the who was like he hosted the symbiote in the original Venom series. Okay. Um, 
he is in this car- in, in this book just as kind of as a as a as a dude with with ties to the underworld. Um, this is pretty much like you know it's it's a new era of venom. It's a venom you've never seen before. This isn't your granddad's venom. Um, it, I thought it was be way more badass than it was. Um, yeah. But this guy is like you know he's a vet um, with a dis- veteran, with- not a. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, a veteran uh, with with a with a disability, just like Flash Thompson, except you know Flash Thompson can't walk because he has got legs. This guy's missing two fingers, right? So <laughs> even though it doesn't really take him out of the game much, he, you know he still relies on government severance packages, which he hasn't received yet. He basically is in a bad way. Mm. He's got uh, real funny '90s hair. Um, yeah, with these two wispy bits that go over his over his forehead. I really like that. It's very um, impulse. Yes, definitely. Um. And uh, he's kind of he's doing some criminal operations when the, the symbiote finds him and attaches himself to him, and uh, instead of uh, using it to protect people, which which is what the symbiote has gotten used to, with Flash Thompson as his host, uh, this new host starts killing people, everybody, his friend and strangers, just being a huge jerk, um, using the symbiote for evil instead gonna, of good. Which yes, yeah, he's, he's going to try pro? and figure out how to use his power to his advantage. I don't know. What do you yeah. think? I mean, I really like, um, I think Jerry Sandoval does a really good job on art. He gives you like what you want from a Venom comic <laughs> yep, in terms lots of, of like... Lots of black drippy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And lots of, of like spit and grossness and that's cool. But I, I feel like this just isn't for me, you know? Yeah. There are Venom fans all over the world that are losing it over this one. It was written by uh, Mike Costa, mm-hmm. um, who I've... He wrote a few of the Web Warriors stuff in the last okay. year. Um yeah, I don't know, I'm going to give this one more issue because it, you know, even though it's not necessarily for me, I, I still just kind of do like the idea of a yeah, limited Marvel series that uh, that only only kind of deals within its street level kind of world. Oh, so is this a mini series? Not mini, you know what I mean? Oh, Sorry, like right, right. In, it's like a low mini level. in scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the the massive Marvel books that cross over repeatedly, and it is very different because like the last Venom book was very like space based. Yeah, it was like a space warrior. <laughs> Pretty him, sure it was called Venom Space Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Venom number one, not necessarily for us, but we'll we'll, we'll check in with it in the hmm. future. Absolutely. Uh, another Marvel book came out last week, and that is... New, sorry, another new Marvel book came out last week. Um, Ultimates 2. Um, so, similarly... To, so, The Ultimates originally was a book um, in the Ultimate Universe, written by Mark Millar. It had one series called The Ultimates, then it came back for The Ultimates 2, and then there was The Ultimates 3, which was written by um, Jeff Loeb and was terrible. Mm. But uh, I hated all The Ultimates books. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as, as an entry point to superhero stuff for me, when when it came out, that was they were really, really good. I find it like... A little bit eye rolly in like how like sort of macho and gritty and macho, sure. yeah, yeah. Like no, I get it. Not for me. Sure, um, not enough friendship. <laughs> uh, the Ultimates was reborn after Secret Wars, written by Al Ewing um, and uh, Kenneth Rockefort. By, yeah, Kenneth Rockefort, um, and it was about Captain Marvel leading a team of uh, of heroes, including Black Panther, Black Panther, and Monica Rambeau, and um, Blue Marvel, Blue Marvel, and what's her name again? Um, America Chavez. Yep. Um, and they kind of tackled big galactic threats that no one else was able to handle. Mm. They did it in secret, and they did some big things. Like they turned Galactus into a, into Lifebringer. Uh, he's now good. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, that book kind of lost its way when I had to tie directly into Civil War Two, Civil War Two, which is pretty much a direct character assassination of Captain Marvel, mm. who happened to be the star of the Ultimates book. And we're going to talk about. Did you read Captain Marvel, the final issue nah. of that this week? Oh, my God. I'll complain about that later. Cool. Um, I really liked the, the Ultimates. We really like um, Al Ewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even though I kind of was like, oh, man, I don't know if I need to go back to the well after they kind of ruined it with Civil War II, I quite enjoyed this issue. Yeah. This was a fun issue. I enjoy it. I like the... Um, 
who's on art? Because I think it's heaps. Called. Travel, travel foreman. Travel foreman. Yeah, who did man. um, uh, Animal Man with Jeff Lemire? I think. Oh yeah, I think that's what he was. Yeah, that's right. Most well known for. Um, and I really, really like his work on this. I like. I think it's a really weird characterization of Black Panther halfway through. Oh, it's brilliant! So Black Panther, this acknowledges that none of the characters are really close anymore because of mm. the events of Civil War Two. But they come together in this. Um, some of them against their will. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Panther chooses to meet Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, um, at like some you know like diner in the South, and he does so as like a Tinder date, yeah. and he's playing this like all American idiot. Uh, in like a suit and glasses and just he's just really chipper and it's, it's very, very funny. <laughs> but also, like, why is Captain Marvel, who is supposed to be undercover, wearing a hat with her own logo on it? That's terrible undercover work, Captain Marvel. <laughs> that's how, that, that's in line with how the, um, like, Captain America and, uh, and Bucky go undercover yeah, yeah, in yeah, Civil that's War the true. movie. They just, yeah, leather jacket in a hat. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> who could that be? <laughs> um, so it turns out that uh, this book is going to move forward with a new captain, of the Ultimates being America Chavez, which I think is really, really great. Heaps um, cool. She's a great character yep. um, and someone that's getting her own book mm-hmm. next year as well. Um, so I'm excited to see Al Ewing, who has a good grasp of her, really grow this character into someone that can lead a team. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, and it also it looks like it's all going to be in space. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, if they're, taking, if they're taking Captain Marvel off planet to just make her a good character again after the Civil War, I think, why the fuck did Civil War 2 suck so much? Yeah, I know. And, and we're going to talk about that later too. Yeah. <laughs> a new issue of that piece of shit came out. <laughs> Look forward to that. Woo. Um, over to DC now. Superpowers number one of six by um, Out. Art Balthazar with um, Franco on mm-hmm. art. Um, no, it's Art Balthazar does art and writing, and Franco is also a writer. Um, so these guys are a uh, award-winning. All They're the all-year ag- yeah, comics team. The all-ages comics. Um, I first read Tiny Titans of theirs, which is like a uh, a DC book about all of the Titans characters, but they're in like a, a school. And. Um, Deathstroke is the principal, and it's um, Lunch Lady. Is it Lunch Lady Darkseid? Yeah, that's right. That's but right. like, it's yeah. it's so brilliant. It brings in like every obscure Titans character that you can imagine, and has so much fun with like the the lead character, the sort of Batman and Superman being the dads, and them kind of having fun and yeah, mm. so brilliant, such a brilliant book. And it works so well over at DC because it's all about legacy and absolutely it's great. It's so much fun. Mm. Um, this uh, is not. It's it's still in, drawn in the same style. It's definitely it's, looks great. Looks so cute. and it looks very all ages. Yeah, definitely. Um, very very much for kids. And for the most part, it's it's a great introduction to DC Comics. This is kind of the superheroes as we know them. Um, focuses on Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Um, Batman's been taken hostage, and so Superman takes out all of Batman's bad guys in Gotham. Um, and there's some just great great panels of him just doing it with ease because mm. he's Superman. Um, and then, you know, there's a plot with Brainiac and Lex Luthor's in it and the, the, the you know, there's a new Krypton. Um, there's a lot to kind of, there's a lot of assumed knowledge of DC. Yeah, and it's also confusing, like, in, am I being an idiot, but why are they calling Brainiac, like, Superman's half-brother? Yeah, I've not... That's not a thing, right? Maybe it is. I don't know. But, like, there's a... There's a this is, seems to be set in, like, a weird version of the DC universe that even I was not prepared for and i feel like if we have trouble going like what what is going on in this then it's probably not a 
brilliant all ages book, but maybe kids are less hung up on that kind yeah. of stuff and they just go, okay, that works. What I find really funny is that we've been reading Super Fuckers, uh, the James yeah. Chalka book, and <laughs> Which it has looks a very similar, very similar in art, art style, and it is called Super Something. Yeah. Front. <laughs> so don't get those two books confused. No. Uh, I'm going to give this, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just going to collect this anyway because these books are amazing first comic experiences for kids. Yeah, totally. Um, even if, you know, and I feel like a lot of these like things that may be confusing to us is like, well, what, what, what universe is this part of? Yeah. Kids don't think in, you know, using those stupid parameters. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully but it, does, people... it does drastically change Superman's whole vibe that his birth parents are alive. Yeah. In this. Yeah. I know that, that was weird. Wasn't weird. It? Yeah. Anyway, weird. <laughs> whatever. It's also a, a, a comic with Batman in it in which you are guaranteed to not see his parent die and pearls scatter all around yeah. the ground. So that's good. <laughs> that's a treat. Uh, did you read Buffy this week? Sure. I did read Buffy. So um, this is the first issue of season season 11 of Buffy. So if you're not up on the Buffy verse, basically it just continued on. Once series 7 finished in, on, on, on television, TV, they just continued on in the comics. So... If you were, if you like Buffy, this is I would recommend going back and reading season eight because I think the comics are really consistently brilliant, keep the tone of the comics really well, and just maintains that kind of beautiful soap opera and um, continues the adventures of the Scooby Gang that we all hold hold dear. But it is confusing. Like I mean, this is now a world in which Xander and Dawn are dating, and Buffy and Spike are back together, and Giles is a child now. Whoa. Giles is like a little boy, like Giles. eternally. Yeah, childs. Um, and in this first issue, a, a giant storm dragon attacks the city, and they're living in San Francisco, and so they have to go fight this huge dragon. Fun. So it's it's uh, like it's really good, and I really enjoy it. But probably don't pick this issue up if you're just trying to get back into Buffy, or even more so if you've never even watched Buffy. Yes, don't pick this up if you have no idea what Buffy is. <laughs> that would be bad. Who's the creative team on this? Um, so it's Christos Gage. Who is very good um, with our by Rebecca Isaacs. This um, is, I mean, and the, the previous seasons, like, didn't Brian K. Vaughan write one season of Buffy? The comics? I'm pretty sure he's been involved, but like the Whedons are he- heavily involved. Like, Jed Whedon has written heaps, and Joss Whedon is still massively involved, I think. So um, it still has this, the right spirit and the right vibe. The and art, Rebecca Isaacs is really good. Excellent art. Yeah, the art's really, really nice. Probably, probably my favorite Buffy artist, I think, so far. <laughs> Um, one of the biggest number ones that came out um, this week didn't actually ship to King's Comics. And that was the oh, um, yeah. Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire book, um, AD After Death. Mm-hmm. Um, we read a preview of it, though, mm-hmm. which I really, really liked. It's kind of half prose and um, half comic book. Yep. Um, there's a tribute to Darwin Cook in the form of a cow named mm-hmm. Darwin Cook. Um, <laughs> I, I found myself enjoying the prose a lot more. Um, than the actual comic itself. Well, I, you know, I opened it up and I was like, oh, God. So much So reading. many words, no pictures. Um, but actually, it's, it's a really great story that yeah. Snyder, you know, kind of com- com- is, 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 excels at. And I love Jeff Lemire's art. I really, really mm. love it. It's I've such a it treat. Too. I've read so, read so many of his books without it. Without Absolutely. Art, so it's good to read them. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, sure. we, we will uh, do a proper review of that once the number one comes in. Yeah. But I know a lot of people uh, that, that don't live in Sydney definitely picked up this book already and... Uh, have been uh, talking about it online. Yeah, it's really, really good, guys. And it's nice because it's also been printed in like a big magazine size yeah. format, so it's not a regular comic book size. So you just get a little bit more space for them to work with, which is really, um, really cool. Uh, and it's, that, it's a really interesting book for both of them. Definitely. I think. I thought that preview that that we that was delivered here was the, was the full book, but is it not? No, it's actually oh, eighty pages. Wow. Yeah. So we've got quite a, quite a bit more to get through. No wonder Scott Snyder's been quite. 
Uh, a book that unfortunately did ship to <laughs> a book that did ship to Kings uh, that I did read. Number one issue of Masked Anomalies. Uh, anomalies. Through, anomalies. Oh, I'm tired and hungover. <laughs> I, I also, I would have said that anyway if I wasn't. Um, but this is a book through Titan. Um, it is written by Serge Lehman with pencils by Stefan Cretti and inks by Julian Hoganard Burt. Um, this is a, a book that I guess is going to be about superheroes at some point, or like the beginning of superheroes. Mm. They kind of get themselves involved during a war with Russia. Um, most of this book is set in, in a very futuristic and weird Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, there are elements of this book that I liked. I, mean, I certainly like oh, the art's really great, um, but I it, I just couldn't help that I was I was reading a book that was like like the twentieth issue of something or like the, yeah. the second volume of a book. With, um, and I'm not sure. Like, could, maybe there have been previous masked books that didn't didn't say so at the back or anything like that. But I, I found myself quite lost in this. Yeah, I was heaps confused by this. To be honest, I only got about halfway through because I was like, oh, "This is so dense and so like you really have to focus to understand what's going on." And I had too many comics to read and I didn't have the time. Um, but the art's really nice. And I feel <laughs> like it's worthwhile giving giving a shot if you think that sounds interesting. I don't necessarily think it's saying anything especially new in terms of superhero comics, though. But there's some cool war scenes at the start. War comics can be If you be love war. <laughs> Trump, <laughs> our biggest listener. Um, that's the political segment of uh, Serious Issues today. Um, are, we you- counting, are we counting annuals as... Go for it. I, didn't, I did not read either of these. So. I read both of these. They were both pretty junk. Um, the first one, all new X-Men um, annual number one. This sort of... Like the classic X Men, go to the mall. But um, this time, thing. there's a green cloud at the mall. Yeah, that's a, that is literally oh, what God. happens. <laughs> and it, um, it's all about uh, Edie, Edie, the character from um, Generation Hope. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just about her sort of dealing with her emotions and then going on a date. But then the boy has M pox, <laughs> 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 so it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like a classic in the X Men, go to the mall. Genre, you know what I mean? Um, the other annual I read was the Amazing Spider-Man annual, which was Spidey Goes Global, Mayhem in Mexico, Smash Up in Shanghai. Plus, Wayne Brady from... What? Yeah, from... Whose line is it anyway? makes his Marvel debut. He wrote the last story in it. Oh, I, which, thought, he, I thought he was in it. Oh, he's also in it. Oh, he wrote himself <laughs> into the Marvel Universe? Well, because it's just, a, it's just a short story about Spidey wanting to go do improv classes. And it's just basically this long ad about how great doing improv is. And it sucks. That is so <laughs> ridiculous. This is not a good annual, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, yeah, but yeah. that last one was really shocking. Yes, and don't buy this book. Literally, literally, there's this whole thing about how Spidey should say yes and oh, more often. It's Yeah, it's not good. That, uh, anyway, that's the end. Yeah, that doesn't sound fantastic at all. <laughs> um, cool. So over to uh, our, our beloved segment. Um, flip a coin for DC or Marvel. I don't have a coin in front of me. I'm going to use this Shaw microphone bag. Nice. Uh, the side that says Shaw on it is heads. Nice. Um, so is, is DC heads or tails? Uh, DC is tails. Uh, heads, heads it is. Marvel. Marvel. Nice. I'm going to start with Marvel. Uh, a lot of books came out through Marvel this week. I think it was the bulk of my reading, uh, oh, yeah. all Marvel books. Uh, some good, some bad, mm. some beginnings. No, no, no beginnings. I already did those beginnings, but the, yeah. some ends. <laughs> Um, should we start with just by just uh, just complaining? <laughs> okay. Civil War two number seven. Oh man, do you actually have a copy there? Yeah, you, you, you read I, it. And I, just I threw it threw back it, in the stands. Ripped it up in fury. Threw it in the fire. Um, so this is I would uh, never do that. This is the penultimate issue. Thank God of, of this of this event that which we've complained about 
frequently this year. Uh, Brian Bendis, David Marquez. Again, David Marquez is David Marquez, you're doing great. a great job. Guess what else is great, Keep though? your chin up, David Marquez. Um, Andrea Sorrentino and Marcelo Maiolo um, step in for five pages of art in this because for some reason, Ulysses gets flung forward into old man Logan's future um, and they draw those pages and they're really great. Yeah, that's it looks very pretty. Um and that's a nice little touch too, having the the artist known for a particular style, mm. you know era Absolutely. and character kind of drawing. Uh, that that compliments end there. <laughs> this, I mean, every time a new issue comes out, I'm like, no, this is my least favorite issue of this series. Yeah, there's a lot to not like about this book. So, uh, Ulysses predicted that Miles Morales is going to kill Captain America on uh, the White House steps. Yeah, um, and, Capitol Hill, I think. Uh, and so to uh, to prove that that won't happen, he goes there. Yeah, they both go they there both go and there. just stand there watching each other being like, well, I'm not going to kill you. Well, I'm not going to you- let you kill me. And then Captain Marvel shows up and she's like, fucking stop doing whatever you're doing, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, seriously, what I just said, better dialogue than what she said. <laughs> um, and then um, Tony Stark shows up in like War Machine armor. Mm. Which is really weird, um, and uh, really trying to fucking hammer home the fact that your boyfriend's dead <laughs> to Captain Marvel. Then the, and Dick he, move, and he, he's he's kind of like trapped Cap- Captain America and, and Miles Morales in like a force field, and then he starts. He, he and Captain Marvel have like one page of fighting, and then Captain Marvel charges up and straight up punches through the armor with like yeah. a massive powering fist. Uh, and then we see shocked reactions of Miles and Cap. Has oh, she killed? God, Tony's I just dope? don't care. The other thing that um, the the whole point of the um, going to the Old Man Logan series uh, universe is that Logan implies to Ulysses that um, Captain Marvel goes like her powers get out of control and she's the person who causes the Old Man Logan um, universe to come into existence. <laughs> which I just think, like. I think it's, I feel like All Night Logan is such a fan favorite series. People love it. It it has a certain level of like weird credibility that people give it. Um, And it just seems to me like a really desperate move to then be like, also Old Man Logan in um, Civil War 2. I just think this, I like, what, like, what do you even say? What do you even say? I hope Iron Man's dead. I hope everyone dies. I hate everything. Yeah, this is a, not a good series. There's one more issue left. I don't know. Is it just going to be another fucking funeral? Oh, Tony man. Stark, like, are, are we, are, does he just, maybe he's just not even in this armor, like, and it turns out Tony Stark's gone off planet and no one knows where he is. Also, this is the, more there, has been, there has been no war in Civil War 2. No, like, totally. Why call it Civil War when it's just a bunch of people having a conversation and then having individual fights? Yeah. I mean, there kind of wasn't a war in the initial Civil War, but it felt like sided and it yeah. felt like more people than just two yeah. had, you know, a big control of, you know, their, their teams. Yeah. And, like, everyone keeps going on about how, like, oh, they've made Captain Marvel such a jerk. But I think they've made Tony Stark, like, the hugest jerk in the fucking universe because he just shows up and starts punching people without any, like, even a, like, they, they talk everything through, but there's no attempt to actually, like, understand each other. And then he's just like, well, I guess I just have to come in my biggest suit and try and kill you. Like, Ugh. It doesn't make any sense, though. Like, it, he just shows up. Like, it, well, I was yeah. giving you one last chance. Like, what? 
What are yeah. you all talking about? This is like, it is such a disjointed comic and it just seems to be like every issue is like, we have this conversation and then we go apart and then we still think the same things and then we have another conversation and then we leave each other again and then we still think the same things. Like, it's just, a, it seems like this huge waste of time. There's one really great panel though where he fires like a missile at Cap- Captain Marvel mm. and um, you can see like the flight pattern of the missile with the smoke following it and suddenly it hits Captain Marvel and she's knocked it out of, yeah, out of its yeah, way yeah. kind of follows her in circle it cool does look art. like but it does look like a penis Woo. a missile dick missile <laughs> all missiles look like penises yeah, that's true so civil war 2 are you Men. reading it sorry about that everyone <laughs> you know what else you should be sorry about death of x number four. Oh man there's some positive reviews coming up soon i promise I promise guys um but actually you know before we get to death of x i'm just gonna talk about captain marvel 10 just okay very yeah hit me when so this, i didn't read this when this series started it was a great concept it was captain marvel in space running alpha flight taking looking after sword abigail brand was there yeah and and puck was there and sick the team was really cool there were great little cameos rocket raccoon all the space characters in there i like i love comics set in space absolutely they're just ridiculous space stuff Hmm. um that that first arc was a good first arc it was a bit slow kind of took a bit long but then it immediately became a new creative team christos gage took over with his sister i think and um and they turned it into this, and I, I'm sure it's not the Gage's fault, but they were just kind of, they had to tell a story that kind of showed her motivations for what, what she's doing in Civil War Two, and it was nowhere near as good a story as when it started. All, all the magic of what this run could have done it was mm. like immediately deleted, and uh, this ends. This is like the, the final issue of Captain Marvel, whatever volume this is, but uh, it ends with her like, I mean, like, like like kind of justifying it, but apparently even after all the Civil War Two events. She's still beloved by the community. Like here they are all cheering her, holding up "Go Team Cap," Car- hashtag Carol Core, like throwing balloons in the air. And um, she's like, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, Hawkeye was right. The good stuff people say, the bad stuff, it's just noise. I failed to meet my own standards. We've lost too much, too many good people along the way. That's why I don't res- deserve this. She just sees the parade. So there's only one thing to do, and then it's her flying in front of the building. Go out there every day and earn it. It's just like fuck off, you fuck. Like, but like, like yeah, like it just, it just makes that literally everything that has happened in Civil War is completely pointless. Like, yeah. there are no ramifications. Tony Stark is dead, but he's not, guys. There's so there's two no of him fucking now. point. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> ugh. yeah. I don't, this, this I, don't, is... I don't understand. Like, I, I understand why this happened. I understand why Civil War Two happened, and it was just to tie in with. Captain America 2 Civil War. But it didn't, uh, three, though. Civil War, which because, I... Because, like, it was... Yeah. By the time it started, it was just to it was capitalize so far, on yeah. the success of that, and they've done an awful job of it, and it's really, I think, like, taken a toll on the Marvel Universe and the quality of so many Marvel books. Yeah, so many of our favorite books was, you know, either, you know, we just kind of weren't as into the runs that tied in, or, mm. or I, I dropped them. I still yeah. dropped Marvel books. Mm. Um, that said, I still, you know, as, as we yeah. said earlier, we, we still, still read a lot of good liked Marvel books, Marvel books overall. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunate. Captain Marvel comes back next year, um, with Captain Marvel Zero. Oh, no, come next month even. Oh, my God. Uh, Margaret Stoll and Ramon Rosanis. I don't know either of those people. I think I've, I've definitely said both of their names on the show before. I just don't mm. remember what the hell I did. Well, so, I don't remember any of Uh, it's, it's her kind of shying away from the public eye. On the <laughs> just wearing a hat with her costume on. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, how you, that's how you do it. Anyway, Death of Now, <laughs> Now, could uh, we be, kill me. Could you, Death of X. Yeah. So, 
So this is uh, issue four of four of the event that kind of fills the gaps between Secret Wars and the all new, all different Marvel mm-hmm. continuity from uh, the start of the year. Um, after Secret Wars, we kind of jumped forward in time and there were big clouds of green mist with Terrigen mists and it hurt mutants and Cyclops was missing. No one was saying what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found now out. Now we know. So there's a twist. We knew that this this series is going to end with Cyclops dying. Yeah. Um. And uh, if you haven't read this, read this. Don't worry, we're going to spoil it. Like honestly, you don't. You'll get as much of out of us complaining about it than you will out of reading it. Yeah, absolutely. There was a cool twist. Like, like, look. Overall, this was not an event worth reading. No, it was just. It was literally just to like satisfy continuity. Yeah. Um, which is never interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, written by Jeff Lemire and Charles Sewell. So you thought, like, oh, maybe something cool is going to happen. The best thing about this book was the art by Aaron Cooter. Absolutely. Um, but basically we learned that, um, like, in this book we see Cyclops kind of uh, use, what's his name, Alchemy? Yeah. This mutant to kind of turn one of the green mists uh, into a... Safe mist. A safe mist. A red mist. Obviously red, much more safer than green. Obviously. <laughs> um... And uh, after that happens, Cyclops kind of appears in front of the Inhumans and appears to attack them. But before he can, Black Bolt yells at him and and disintegrates his body. Mm. I like it when Black Bolt says an actual word instead of just... Yeah, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so the the big twist in this is that we see Cyclops throughout the whole issue. But it turns out... He was dead ages ago. He was dead in issue one of Death he died of, of He died of M-Pox, guys. And Emma what a, what a shitty death for Emma, Cyclops. Emma Frost has been projecting the image of Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops. I hate what they've done with Emma Frost. I like Emma Frost is a like, Brilliant character. top five X-Men characters for me. Mm. Um, and she was so cool in like um, both Joss Whedon and Grant Morrison's runs on yep, X-Men. It's probably the last time I feel like I really enjoyed X-Men comics. Um Oh, uh, Matt Fraction's run is is really see underrated. people say that, but I didn't really like it. Maybe I need to go back and reread Pixie. Um, Pixie, yeah, was I in don't it. give a shit about Pixie. Give good. me armor every time. Um, and Magneto shows up and he's good again. And he, he oh, brings, I hate good Magneto. He brings Kitty Pride back from from the bullet that she's trapped in. At that the end was of cool. That was good. That was good. His nose starts bleeding. Mm. Like a sexy manga guy. And, um. uh, and uh, Dan- the Danger Room becomes a character. Oh so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. weird. <laughs> didn't like it. Um, yeah, I don't like. I don't like this shitty, pathetic version of Emma Frost. But whatever. Um, so yeah, Death of X. I I re- didn't. I guess I should have seen that coming. But when it is revealed that he's been dead this whole time, and that Emma Frost kind of thought it would be big. You know, she he can't needed just a let, big death. He, he she can't just let him go go out. He needs to be an idea. Like he needs mm. to he needs to go out, guns eyes blazing. Yeah, and. That was that was. I, if you're a massive, did... if you're a massive X Men fan, this must feel like a massive fuck you because yeah. like it's a pretty shitty way to treat. But also, I feel like I feel like they have um like I wish that they'd gone harder and just made Cyclops a straight up villain because I feel like the last couple of years he's just been a bad guy and kind of still trying to be sympathetic towards him hasn't really yeah. worked because he's just been like a bit horrible and shit ever since he. I mean, ever since he left his like um what was her name Madeline Pryor. <laughs> ever since he left his wife oh, and child right. yeah, for yeah. Jean Grey, Cyclops has just steadily been like the biggest asshole in the Marvel universe. <laughs> and um, I wish I wish they could have just gone harder at that. Um, so a pretty pathetic death for a pretty end, like 
turned out to be a pathetic and a character. Shitty grave. Yeah, shitty grave. Looks just he like fought the, for us. So they wrote it with like a sharpie on a, <laughs> on a, on a rock. Um, anyway, that's end. That's, that's done. That's done. Yay! Hooray. The X is officially dead. I wonder what they'll do now. Um, we know that there's like eleven new X Men series starting next year, so hopefully at least one of them will be good. Oh, for crying out loud, can we talk about something really positive? Something that I really loved. Cage for a second. Yay! Issue two by Jendi Tartakovsky. Um, this uh, issue was fucking unbelievable. It's so good, guys. And this is not like if you're really enjoying Power Man and Iron Fist, this is not the same. This is not the same Luke it's Cage. Like you feel like you would still appreciate it just in the kind of, you know, like the weird quips and stuff like that that Luke yeah. Cage says in those. Like, this is, but this is more like a, this is a really like cartoony and much more like 70s exploitation uh, version of the character. Absolutely. Which, I, yeah. I, think I love. I, I would love to see this animated. Yeah. Like absolutely. So because it's by like um, Jendi... Tartakovsky is like a legendary animator. Dexter's, I can't think. Dexter's yeah, Dexter's Laboratory, yep. all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's so like everything in this. I know I say this a lot, but everything is so dynamic, and there's so much movement, and it's so like it's so unbelievable. The second, um, the second page is like this huge double page spread of him busting out of a wooden box, saying "Nobody cages cage," and it's the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. I loved this. Yeah, me too. And, you know, he's running away from, like, two anthropomorphic lions. <laughs> I love the whole bit where he's, like, running so fast. He's running so speedy. He's going through time until he gets tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up, like, getting gassed by these exotic flowers. And then there's, like, these long, extended, trippy scene. Um, and they're just, Which like, I want, full like, page I want... splashes of just him losing his mind. I and... want posters of all this. The one where it's hundreds of him climbing up his own body and his um, afro says, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, so, so, so genius. Um, and Misty Knight shows up when he's naked in the middle of the flower, yeah. surrounded by little fairy versions of himself. <laughs> oh, man. This is, like, it's so, it's so much fun and it's such a... Um, it's such a weird book for Marvel to be putting out. So it's so weird. different to everything else they're doing. It's but I closer love to like it. a Robert Crumb comic. Yeah, than, absolutely. Than that last page is very crumb. Very, very crumb. Um, I love at the end. Yeah, can this creepy dude be real, or is Cage still tripping? Stay tuned, brothers and sisters, because things are going to get even crazier. Yeah. This is great. You should really be reading this, guys. Absolutely. And the next issue has Cage with like three sexy ladies draped all over him, and it says this cover has nothing to do with what's inside. Excellent. Amazing. Very good. Great book. God, it's good to read good books. Oh, my God, I know. You know what else is good and always good and just will never stop being good? The Mighty Thor by Jason Aaron. Um, yes, Steve, Steve Epting filling in on art on, 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 uh, on this issue. And, God, it's so good to see him draw Jane Foster and all the different... So, the, 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 was it the Realm? Um, yeah. The, the League of Realms. Uh, so, early on in this run, um, before Jane Foster took over as Thor, early on in the uh, Jason Aaron run... Um, he did a like a six issue run that kind of tied into the second Thor movie with Malekith, mm-hmm. and um, it had uh, art by Rongani, and uh, it actually felt after that massive like um, the initial God of Thunder run where it was kind of like jumping forward in time and showing you like God like o- the Odin version of oh, Thor yeah, and the young yeah. Thor. It felt like a very very different change. God, that was um, such a fun run. Yeah, it's it's an unbelievable it. run. It's I, I I think Jason Aaron is just doing masterful work the whole yeah. way through on this. But so th- th- that was all about this, this uh, League of Realms, uh, all the different realms of, uh, of... The Nine Realms. Nine Realms. So you've got, you know, Asgard and Midgard, and then you have the 
dark elves, the light elves, the giants, the trolls. There's now, oh, so there's eight realms now. So there's there's heaven. So angels, Angel, Angela represents heaven. Um, there's, and then there's a few other weird new characters. This is so good. He's ba- he's balancing so many characters. Um, yeah. Of course, Roz from 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 Earth is uh, is is with them, and and Sif as well. So lots of um, lots of great favorites. Uh, them trying to track down Malekith and and rescue. Uh, the light elf princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just great. Yes, you should be reading great. this all the while still checking in with Jane Foster's battle with cancer. Like and, yeah. and done in such a done in such a like like non exploitative feeling way. You know, like it's yeah. just it's really really sensitively and really cleverly done. And at one, at one really point, she it. says, "Yeah, like the the two things I hate more: Mal- yeah, Malekith, <laughs> Malekith the accursed, and metastatic." cancer those are my two least favorite things right now not sure which one i want to beat up more it's just yeah it's a great comic it, it, it balances so many things and just is always successful and it's heaps fun seeing um steve epting doing a superhero book because we're getting him so soon on the new batwoman book. Mm, right yeah this is a great precursor I mean, obviously it won't be as fantastical on there but god he can draw the hell out of these these characters absolutely and now there are some new new characters that were actually designed by regular artist russell dorderman and some great little sketches of them at the back this is great. I love so this good. book. Yeah, it's just it's it's consistent. You can vote excellent. for it uh, on our uh, on our best comics of the year voting form. Yes, Again, you can. Facebook.com slash serious issues podcast. Go find it. How delightful. Guess what else finished this week? Marvel Sumsum, the beloved crossover between toys and Marvel. <laughs> and you know what? What everyone feared when Disney bought Marvel. But if you have children in your life, be they yours or your friends or, or your, you know, your brother and sister, mm. and you want, if, and, and they're, you know, aware of Marvel through comics and Lego and, and uh, sorry, no, not comics, like through like Lego and cartoons and the movies. And you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I want to get them into comics. I know this sounds really goofy. This is an excellent jumping on point for, you know, just kind of throwing you in the deep end of, 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 of a Marvel universe and then adding like a bunch of weird toys that mimic mm. all of the heroes in there. 
And uh, the yeah, only thing that's concerning is then your child might want lots and lots of some sorts. <laughs> or the me, the thirty-one-year-old reader. Oh my god, I have way too many already. It's so so bad. My wife hates me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is so patient. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like everyone's wife who's or partner <laughs> yeah. who, who's listening, like every every listener's partner, is probably very patient. <laughs> <laughs> Nate and uh, I am both massive children. <laughs> yeah, it comes with being a comic book reader. Um, so yeah, some some I don't, like you know it, it's it's about a bunch of kids who discover some aliens that can take on the forms of other heroes, um, then, and then they get involved with Ultron, and the collector comes to get the the toys, and uh, Ant Man's in it, and all the Avengers show up. It's really fun. The Great. only bit that's just like. I was like, hold on a second. Is the kids defeat Ultron heaps easily with magnets? Yeah. Come on, guys. I kind of liked that, though. <laughs> I kind of love that, like, if you read this before you watch Age of Ultron, you'll just be like, just put a magnet just on the guy. Magnets. He um, really hates that. Most, the biggest reason you should be collecting these Simpsons books is that Chris Salmon did the covers. Yeah, and they're, they're so all cute. unbelievable. And he clearly has so much fun doing them. Yeah. The level of, like, the perspective on this is so good. Yeah, so, so good. Great. Um, you know what else is a great all-ages comic? Oh, we forgot to put it on our all-ages list. I wonder if there's still time oh, to edit. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. One of the best comics uh, coming out at Marvel right now. Totally. And this is um, this is the beginning of a brand new arc called The Smartest There Is. Yeah. So it's a fucking brilliant time to jump on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And I love... I love so you hear that, all-ages fans? It's a fucking brilliant time. It's a time. fucking brilliant time. <laughs> Come on, kids. Uh, and I, I haven't read like the last six issues of Moon Girl, and uh, I was, wasn't lost at all. It, yeah, it does a good. really great way of kind of summing up what she's been up to lately and... Uh, so she just did this um, some crazy test, this crazy box test thing, which told her that she is the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. And the thing that I really love about this series is Lunella is, like, she's really likable, but she's also quite arrogant because she is this really smart eight-year-old. But arrogant from, like, a nice kid level, not this, like... <laughs> she's, just... she's kind of a jerk. Okay. She's kind of a bit rude about it. And then this, she's being, like, really rude to her parents, and she's so, like, oh, why am I stuck in this class? Like, I'm so much smarter than everyone. I just need to get out of here and be the best superhero <laughs> ever because I'm the smartest one there is. And it's her telling Hulk, Amadeus Joe Hulk, that, like, she's heaps smarter than him. Sure. And all that kind of stuff. And, I like, I find that brilliant and endearing, and um, it's so beautifully illustrated and so well written um it's written by amy reader and um is it brandon montclair with art by natasha bustos and it's so like um such a joyful read you know mm. and i love devil dinosaur more comics about giant intelligent dinosaurs so cute um i just i just checked in with our um how like fifteen people have voted oh, in amazing. our so far, and um, thanks, guys. I, I, I checked the best event. Yeah. Sorry, nineteen people have answered this, and all nineteen of them clicked DC Universe Rebirth as <laughs> the best event of the year. That would be fantastic if not one of the other. Oh, that would be so right. funny. <laughs> Poor Marvel. Um, yeah, Moon, Moon Girl is uh, one of, one of the books you can vote for in there as well for best. Oh, maybe it is in there all ages. No, it's just there as best Marvel. Yeah, um, this and this issue also has the thing show up. Oh yeah, so and a way better version yeah. than in um, Infamous Iron Man. We were, we were devastated by what a what a just piece of shit the thing is being in uh, in Infamous Iron Man one and two, especially two. Um, and here he shows up, just classic Ben Grimm in a big old trench coat with a hat on it on Yancey Street. Oh man. And then this is like one of those books that uses the location of New York so well. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so many 
so many. I hate it how many books are set in New York in my, in the Marvel universe because it doesn't, doesn't feel make like sense. A, it's like a universe for one, but yeah. also they don't really like. Very few of them are just like you know, it's just oh, just in New York. It's mm. not really, they don't really use the character of New York in their book, and this one definitely does. It really feels like. You know, it feels like a comic set on the Sesame Street set totally. at some points, which is awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, there's so many. Like, in this issue, she also sort of has a... Like, it's hard to tell whether it's a dream sequence or whether she genuinely sees the future where she's kind of leading the Avengers and it's fucking the best. On the moon. Yeah. Oh, man. So good, yeah. guys. Really, really excellent. Um, cool. Overdue Star Wars now. Issue 25 by Jason Aram with art by Jorge Molina. Uh, this is wraps up that awesome arc, probably the best arc on the, on the Star Wars run so far, featuring the, um, super badass stormtroopers and our heroes, um, stealing a, uh, what's it called? A Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it wrapped up really, really well, has some excellent character moments and a brilliant twist, um, for poor old C-3PO at the end. Um, yeah. Jason Aaron has done a great job balancing all the characters mm-hmm. in, in Star Wars and adding some new ones too. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought, um, you know, having having R2-D2 be so competent mm. and C-3PO being incompetent is no new thing, but it was done really, really well. Yeah, really, really in this, clever. In this issue. R2-D2 basically saves the day without telling anyone. And some really, like, some really nice romantic moments between Leia and Han, but in like that sort of very combative way that they have at the... In the early in the early films, um, that's really really good fun. So I, I spoke about this with um, Angus on my other podcast, Hey Fam, which oh, you yeah. should listen to if you uh, like hearing two dudes talk about movies and video games and TV shows. I mean, who doesn't? Um, but uh, I rewatched Star Wars with my wife um, last year, mm. and she found Han Solo really gross because <laughs> that dialogue is 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 like oh, yeah. borderline rapey. Yeah, he's an like he is genuinely repellent but in that way that you're kind of like oh, it was the 70s yeah I know I know, he, yeah, I, know. So I just yeah I, I, I do want I, and he's I, so handsome there are difficulties in trying to stay true to that character portrayed yeah. without being gross absolutely and Jason Aaron does a really great job yeah for sure yeah has she never seen had been never seen Star Wars before or was it just uh, like, re-watching you know, she'd never seen like the full run I don't right, think, yeah. right, I think, right. I think the first thing she saw when she was younger was like the Phantom Menace yeah, yeah, and yeah. then she was like oh, I'm not going to bother with these <laughs> that sucked <laughs> that was racist uh, her, her family were mar- much more about the Die Hard trilogy than they oh, were about the Star well, Wars I mean, trilogy that's a good oh my god it has to be a matter of time until we get a John McClane comic book right I'm sure there have been Die Hard comics I'm sure there must have been that seems ludicrous that that would be a property that hasn't been touched but you just, I mean, how can you properly convey the, like, his horrible smug smirk? Oh, no. Die Hard Year One. Yeah. I knew that would an be. Eight, a, an eight-part comic book series that Boom put out I will in, never... uh, in 2009, written in, written by Howard Chaykin. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, With art this... by Howard Chaykin? I don't know. That I'm would gonna... be unbelievable. That I'm would gonna... be the grossest comic of all time. <laughs> no, I'm going to check this out. <laughs> uh, right. I could watch Die Hard so many times. If you've if you've watched this movie and want oh, sorry if you've read this comic and want to give us a review yeah. send us an email to serious issues at kingscomics.com. I bet you Jim read it. I'll ask Jim later. <laughs> um, at the back of this Star Wars book is a little short comic called Droid Dilemma, which written uh, written by written and drawn sorry by Chris Eliopoulos with colors beautiful colors by Jordi Belair. Um, in memory of Kenny Baker, it is an RTD2 story. Heaps cute. Heaps cute. I didn't really follow what RTD2 was doing exactly because it's just a lot of beep 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 wah. And the, the, gonk, the gonk droid says gonk a few times. Did you know that Bill Hader did voice work on BB-8? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, I didn't Someone know else really good did too. Uh, I don't know. Someone cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, Chris Lee Lopez has done like a BB-8 
comic in the mm. past as well too. Which I really like. They're really cute. They're really cute comics. And and the Jodie Belair colours, it's really funny how much beauty she can bring to a very simply drawn story too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Star Wars, very good. It's so good. Better, better than it's ever been, I think, at the moment. And mm. uh, even though D- Darth Vader finished it, Issue 25, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars is going to continue. Yeah, so, it doesn't seem like that's going to end. Well, yeah, you can't just leave it with uh, C-3PO captured at the end. <laughs> um, you, so you didn't read the last issue of Han Solo? No. Ah, well, okay, so this was um, part five of uh, the Han Solo book by Marjorie Liu with this art is continuing by Mark Brooks. Though, right? Or no? I actually don't know, because um, this like wraps up this story arc. Right. I really enjoy it, though, and I think Marjorie Liu did a brilliant job on this, because she managed to do something which is so hard, which, like, do a story which still fits in the continuity of the books without making any sort of drastic changes, but still have it be something really great and positive for, um, for the book yep. and for the character. Um, so this was the race that Han Solo was involved in. He was back smuggling, and then he um, was asked by Leia to do some smuggling for her. And then he gets like, like there's this big race thing. <coughs> it's hard to describe it now when it's in issue five. Yeah. Um, but this was really brilliant. If you like Han Solo, if you like Chewie, this was so fun. Such a fun like it had elements of like a heist. It had elements of just a straight up race. Um, it had some great new characters, really fleshed out. Some, you know, like I love being introduced to new <coughs> weird aliens, new weird alien races, and stuff like that. And There's I think they did a really those weird orbs that were following him around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, really fun, really good fun, um, and also cute romance between Han and Leia, which um, I love. B- Bill Hader was uh, the voice behind BB-8 alongside Ben Schwartz, who is uh, Gene Ralphio from uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh my God, hilarious! Yeah. <laughs> um, so Star Wars, a very, very competent and enjoyable star space opera from start to finish. Something mm. that Mark Millar and Stuart Eminem's book Empress unfortunately failed to be. I cannot believe you are still reading that. Issue 7 came out. It's the final issue. Of course I was going to read it because the go? art is great. Stuart Eminem does a wonderful job drawing everything from little dudes that can control robots uh, to big spooky space kings and lots of gunfire and spaceships. I mean, Eminem is the... He's- He's so brilliant. Both he's, the, he's the best there is the best. at what? What is it? <laughs> what is Wolverine? He's the best at what he does, yeah. and what he does is draw pretty comics. <laughs> um, this uh, was a pretty like by the numbers end. Uh, As was the whole. There comic. is so much killing in it. Like the, the good guys win by just straight up killing everyone. Like they they almost have. The, That's what good guys do. They have an entire <laughs> army of of. Their, the per- the dad that they've escaped his mm-hmm. armies with with them they have control of them and they tell tell them to shoot each other so yes. they just kill everybody at the end oh it was, it was do, pretty do, weird do the babies do all the babies survive no like there's do you like, get out- any more character development of the all the characters former survive, like, yeah well I mean well, yeah they're, they, they're dating oh, oh no, are they okay. and here's a development the, oh, okay. the, the big surprise is that when the, when the, her ex-husband says that she he's going to kill her as a mm. way of like you know he fi- they finally catch up and he's going to kill her as a way of setting an example mm. she goes fine um, wh- why don't you fight me and um, he offers her a weapon and he says she says no no like fists only and Whoa. then she reveals that before because you know how she he told her to mm. never ever speak of his of her past life yeah, yeah that yeah. was the deal she would have everything that she wanted she mm. said to never ever speak of her past life um it turns out she was a like a pro a pro oh, like wrestler a cage fighter, a cage fighter and she was like unbelievable at it well see why aren't like why save that twist to the last issue that sucks mark Millar. so yeah he, he, she snaps his neck oh sick well um, I mean, and awesome You'll be pl- pleased to know that it's the end of book one. Oh, well, thank goodness. And em- Empress Volume 2 will come come through next year, I guess. I don't Boo. Know. I don't care. 
So last last year ended, and we were pretty on board the, the Mark Millar train. And uh, now, I only ever had one foot on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I was just like Starlight, like, Starlight was amazing. Huck was great. Jupiter's Thingo. Jupiter's Thingo was still great. Um, Jupiter's <laughs> Thingo. They should rename it that. Jupiter's Thingo. The episode is called called Jupiter's Thingo. <laughs> um, yeah, Empress. Unfortunately, one of the oh, this, this issue was five ninety nine. God damn, it's barely even a double issue. I mean, oh, okay, this was pretty big. Anyway. Blah, 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 blah. Talk about something good. Um, I read Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme issue too. Did okay. you read that? Talk about something okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk about something okay. Um, so this is written by Robbie Thompson with art by Javier Rodriguez. Um, this is like just getting – it's it's like shadow-packed for Marvel. So it's just getting like a team of the um, Marvel magic guys but all from different timelines. So like Merlin is dead. So they're getting a version of Billy Kaplan, um, Wiccan – is that his name? Wiccan? Yep. From the future um, and a whole bunch of other guys to fight some magical foe. It's all right. It's pretty bomb. The art's comic. really nice. Yeah. I really like Javier Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm bummed that he's not on Spider-Woman anymore. But Veronica Fish is doing a good job. But also, who's going to be on it now that she's drawing Slam? I don't know. Who knows? I'm what scared, a world we yeah. live in. I'm very scared. Spider-Woman, I hope, does not like die soon. I mean, as in, like, as a knowing book. Marvel. Yeah. It seems like they'll just disappoint me further um but this is actually like i'm i'm not selling this but it is actually pretty good and i'm really i like i like the um i like magic stuff i like this weird version of Sir isaac newton who's clearly a huge jerk and clearly a bad guy um that's <laughs> does, pretty funny does an apple fall on his head at any point he wears a weird silver like conch just in on case his head. an apple falls on his head yeah gotta protect that noggin um but yeah pretty fun those are our marvel reviews and now it is time to review our dc books for the week um, let's let's do something daring. Let's review the ones we liked first. All right. Let's start off with the book that uh, I almost dropped, and I loved this issue so much, and I'm very glad I didn't drop it. Issue nine of Green uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Um, this is finally the rollicking space adventure book that we wanted it to be. I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. So they are currently stuck on one of the Green Lantern, the, the guy who looks like a weird birdfish. Tom Ray. Um, they're stuck on his home planet, and a bunch of Starros have taken over. Oh, Staros taking over with mm-hmm. all these little Staros all over their faces. But there's a crazy, there's, there's a bubble that they can't get out of, guys. And it turns out that, be? that they've been captured by Brainiac. Yeah. So they're stuck in a bottle um, in Brainiac's collection. And I love I love the like classic Guy Gardner moment of just being like, I'm just going to blast through this guy. And then almost like he shoots a hole through Tomorrow's fin. Because <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, <Like>, bro. <laughs> um, there's some crazy moments as well. Abin Sir shows up and that's like... He's the guy who died and gave Hal Jordan his ring. So who who the hell's he? What's going on there? Yeah, because well, yeah, like uh, Hal Jordan is trapped inside his ring or something. Is that? I don't is really that? understand. He's in the Emerald Zone or something weird. What There's is also that? this weird. Um, lan- I don't even know if it's a lantern, but is the character hanging out with the lanterns? Who? Because he look. He instead of having um, like the lantern logo on his tummy, he's got like he's got a bell. Is it a, or, or is that a, a, a him? <laughs> well, I don't know because he's he's a lantern oh, who no, can't he's see. Up bell. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so he uses like uh, sound waves and stuff like that. But I think I think he counts as a lantern. Sure. He just has a slightly different. Um, I guess he's blind, thing. so he can't see that it's different to everyone else's. And maybe everyone's just like, oh, don't don't tell him. Don't tell him, guys. It's really awkward. Why is his a bell? That's so weird. Um, but uh, his his oath is in loudest din or hush profound. My ears can catch evil slightest sound. Let those <laughs> who toll out evil's knell before my power. The F sharp bell, and then he uses crazy <laughs> vibrations to take all of the star rows out. It's awesome. So, and great. that's like that's the beauty of like the 
Green Lantern Corps is that they go like, ah, oh, there's a lantern for every situation. Exactly. They kind of be like, I like this big, weird, sort of blind, half-snake dude. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, the final big reveal in this book. We've already had Arvind Sir, we've already had Brainiac, we've already had Starro. Three things that were solely missing from... Uh, the Green Lantern core series so mm-hmm. far. At the end, we've been asking about him ever since Rebirth started. Where the heck is uh, Kyle Rayner? Uh, and here he is at the end here in full white getup. Here's the White Lantern returned. I wonder if they're going to reference Omega Men in the future. Mm. But uh, yeah, this was uh, a great a great issue with um, just like uh, to pack that much crazy action into a comic that for the most part has been like John Lantern and the rest of the Green Lantern. John Lant- like John Lantern, sorry, John, John Stewart. Stewart slowly floating through space towards yeah. something. Um, and then, you know, just the, the boring back and forth between Sinestro and Hal. Like, this was, there was more in this issue than there'd been in the run so far, I feel like. So, yeah, really glad that, Keeps uh, fun. really glad that I stuck with it. Absolutely. I really enjoy this. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the world's a good place when you're reading Green Lantern comics. Mm. Uh, I just haven't been reading them for a long time and I want them to be great again. Absolutely. Um, Batman Detective Comics 945, The Victim Syndicate Part 3. Uh, Siobhan and I, we don't like this as much as the initial. I feel like I feel like line. just the the concept of like, uh, maybe Batman's negatively affected some people in his time as Batman is super obvious and has been done to death. Yeah, we're like the, the massive twist of Cat Kane's um, father being behind. All that was of, so cool. That you know, first, arc first arc was amazing. That was that was and a true twist too. Mm. Uh, but this, uh, yeah, this feels. Like you know, it's it's comfortable because you know it, familiarity can be com- comforting, uh, but um, this is a, a kind of like you know Dr. Leslie Tompkins Hopkins or Tompkins. What is she? Tompkins. Tompkins. She uh, she's like interviewing, doing like psych- psychiatric kind of mm-hmm. uh, interviews with all of uh, Batman's team, particularly with uh, Stephanie Brown because um, she's sad after Tim Drake died. Uh, those those issues are always kind of boring, but it ends with the reveal that. Is she seeing like? Has she got like a programmed AI version of Tim Drake in in the Belfry? Or is that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, like the the big shock is that at the end, um, Tim shows up. What? Yeah. What the he fuck? He died. <laughs> you dead man? <laughs> this seemed like I almost wanted them to like really explicitly reference the um, Kitty Pride like. Professor Xavier is a jerk um, <laughs> panel because that's what it felt like to me. It felt like just spoiler being like, Batman, you don't even understand me. My boyfriend's dead. <laughs> Which is sad, I guess. Um, yeah, Cliff Caramont was boring. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no, I like that. That's, like, that's a classic. <laughs> hey, you said it. That's a classic panel. I just meant that it's been done. Just co-signing your thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. This is a pretty boring issue of this comic. But I think, you know, it'll wrap up well. Yeah, totally. Even when it's boring, it's still pretty entertaining. I guess you have to have people dealing with consequences of things happening. I guess. <laughs> uh, did you read Teen Titans number two? I sure did. This is a great book, huh? Yeah, so fun. This is just plain old fun. Um, Benjamin Percy, an art by um, an artist whose name is... Uh, oh, God damn it. Uh, Dionis Neves. Oh, nailed it. Smashed it. Beautiful. Uh, this, you know this arc is called Damien Knows Best? I love that. It's pretty funny. Um, so Damien Wayne has gathered uh, a bunch of uh, Teen Titans to help him take out a bunch of uh, of uh, Rachel Ghoul's assassins. Mm-hmm. His grandfather, Rachel Ghoul's assassins. The team that he was originally supposed to lead. And so five assassins have come after um, one of them for Damien, one of them for Starfire, one of them for Beast Boy. One of them for Kid Flash and one of them for Raven. And uh, none of them trust Robin, uh, especially when they find out that uh, his grandfather is Ra's al Ghul. But it all starts to make sense to them that that's the kind of 
the, 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 the paths that he's walked down, he can either be the son of the great detective or the son of the master assassin. And he chose the path of greatness. Mm. He chose the Batman. I like I like the incorporation of like all the weird kind of Rachel Ghoul stuff. Um, like Goliath and all of those sort of weird characters that exist there into um into the Teen Titans. That's heaps of fun. Mm, definitely. And I love Beast Boy. Yay, Beast Boy is good again. And the evil version of the Teen Titans in the uh the like the League of Assassins Junior group mm. is, is is really fun too. They've got cool powers. Yeah, totally. And they hate everybody. Nice. Good fun. Yeah, I like that. This is a good book. Agreed. It's way better than Titans, at the very least. Yes. Um, did you read uh, Hope Larson's fini- like final on this first ra- um, run she's been doing on- at Batgirl? The I first, sure did. The first story arc is, is officially done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batgirl is headed home. She's had her fun little trip in, uh, in, in Asia. I should have thought that this was going to go for heaps longer. I'm so glad this, this particular part of it is over. This- I think I actually quite enjoyed this issue, and I think that they like she did a really good job of wrapping, wrapping this um, story arc up. And making it sort of compelling, but it was a lot of like Batgirl b- being confused about her feelings and mm-hmm. like uh, the stuff about a, that boy. And I mean, I love. I mean, I'm I I'm the last person to complain about romance and emotions being in a book, <laughs> but it was just a little bit boring in this. I think. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, it was uh, fine. I. I, I um- I expect. I think. I think we both expect way higher of Hope Larson. Because she's already she's already writing such a fantastic female detective story in Goldie yeah, Vance. Absolutely. Um, and there are actually like the best? there are small moments that remind me of Goldie Vance, like which when she acts out, you know, different ways. She's she you know speaks out loud her detective work, which yeah. reminds me a lot of what Goldie does. But I just yeah, even though the art is is incredible in this mm. book, I just uh, yeah, I can't. I just I, didn't I, quite I can't, hit. The I can't mark. get grabbed. Yeah, and I'm going to give. I think I'm going to give the next arc one one issue to, to grab me, but mm. I, this is uh, lingering in the drop zone mm. for me, unfortunately. Um, cool. You know, a book is uh, just still really, really fun and entertaining is Action Comics number nine hundred sixty eight. You've skipped a few of these. Yeah, were, I know. I keep to, forgetting to pick it up. We did. We did. You read this? Sign. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, um, all right. Yeah, it's just kind of fun. There's like the so there's these two big alien beings have uh, seen the future, and in it, Lex Luthor becomes Darkseid. So there's fantastic um, moments of uh, like you know flash forwards of Luke's Le- Luke's Lex Luthor's giant head in, yeah, that's in, in the Darkseid arm- armor, which is really cool. Uh, it's mostly a battle between these god these god slayers, um, Lex and Superman. They end up leaving, escaping with um with, with with uh, with Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. There's, there's so many weird parts in this uh, in, in in the Superman world at the moment that they're playing with. It's this is just a really fun series that I don't think ever really gets boring because there's just so many wacky things happening. Yeah, like the Clark the Clark Kent doppelganger. Oh who, God, I know. It's yeah. I don't I don't know where any of these things are headed. It's fun. Yeah, I I think the part that I find most interesting is the Clark Kent who exists separate to Superman yeah. character. Because what? Yeah. What is that about? What does that mystery. mean? And I just wish that that was like the main mystery of the book. Um, finally, for me, I read you, read, you read heaps more. Okay, um, Wonder Woman number eleven. <coughs> nice. This is uh, the best issue of uh, the current day Wonder Woman, drawn by Liam Sharp, that I, I think has come out so far. Oh yeah. You, you know what have- I find funny? I find it funny how Liam Sharp draws all of the businesswomen in still, like, sexy business lady um, <laughs> outfits. Yeah. Like, really low-cut blazers and tiny skirts. <laughs> I mean, it's not that it doesn't look good, <laughs> but it is fairly hilarious. Maybe he's just never actually been to an office before. <laughs> he's like, that's how they all look, right? <laughs> so, uh, Wonder Woman has found Themyscira, 
and um, Steve Trevor is with her. Um, and everyone is acting a bit strange and not remembering things that's happened to them. And they start to realize that this is not the Themyscira that they remember. And Diana realizes that she's never, she hasn't, she's never been back home. She's clearly been in some kind of parallel Themyscira, and she's never really, in all of the years since she's left, she's never actually come home, which is a heavy thing to realize. So, is this? Do you think she's actually found her way home this time, or is this still not her way home? No, I think this is still. I think that. I think. Well, my theory is because you know how that tree keeps appearing and disappearing. I think that she's on like the tree Themyscira. Right, makes sense. And I reckon that's like an evil Themyscira. So, the Themyscira, where they rape and kill soldiers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, uh, her, the, the, the snake bite that she got in the first issue mm. of this has returned to her arm. Scary stuff. Yeah, this is like, I mean, this is such a fun book. And Nicola Scott, who, um, when we had her in for a talk for Queens of Kings the other week, was dropping all kinds of amazing hints. And I think it's going to be one of those ones that you really go back and reread every issue to get hints and little nuggets and clues because it's all going to become so important at the end. Well, it's so great how well tied in the year one and the current day stuff is. Absolutely. This is one of the few double ship series that really works. Absolutely. Yeah, this this is the only one that I'm not like... Oh, another issue. That and Superman. Yeah. But even that, sometimes I'm like, oh, give me a break, guys. Sacrilege. Sacrilege. Um, also, Liam Sharp is flipping amazing. Yes. Like, I laughed at his um, sexy office ladies, but, but damn. The Amazon scene. And his Etta Candy is fucking cool as yeah. all hell. And who is, being, who is, who is controlling Sasha Bordeaux? There's, there's so many fun mysteries in this. Totally. And I, yeah, I, I love, love how many, like, Rucker legacy characters are in this, yeah, too. Yeah. I love Sasha Bordeaux. This is great. Heaps great, fun. Great book. One of DC's best. Possibly the best DC book. Possibly the best comic book of the last year. You can vote. Facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Pin post. Our survey. Please Absolutely. vote. Absolutely. Please vote. Then come and see us live on stage. December 15. Single Issues Night. Yes. Buy your tickets. Um, so I read, it, I read a couple They're more. They're five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Tickets are five bucks. And you get a free comic. It's like you pretty much just buy a comic and then you're there. It's yeah. amazing. Um, so I also read a couple more DC books. I'm still reading Deathstroke because apparently I hate myself. Um, this is your Suicide Squad. Yeah, it really is because I, it's even worse than Suicide Squad because I, I don't know this if I'm, definitely am I dumb? Am I dumb because I don't understand what's going on in this book? It's so convoluted. <laughs> and they're like, I, I feel like they're trying to do something really clever with the, like the story structure and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that's awesome. And I think they should always be pushing to do new and exciting things, but I literally don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> um, but it bring, you know, it's bringing more Rose stuff in. There's a lot of like, I mean, it's trying so hard to be a grown up comic book you know there's lots of like f you and stuff like that which is always pretty funny um but the art's really really good the art makes the art sort of has like a i feel like a 90s vertigo vibe almost who's on art oh god now i'm not gonna be able to find the page um larry hammer um on art is uh, on breakdowns and carlo pagluyan on pencils very good very nice um and just priest on story who's that who knows um, but it's a bit it's a bit bonkers. But if you really like Deathstroke, for some reason, <laughs> definitely pick this up because I feel like it's at the very least going to be an iconic run for that character. Is the Superman in this in this comic kind of in line with how he is in the rest of the DC books at the moment? Yeah, yeah. This isn't like some kind of weird extreme version of Superman. This is Superman who is being convinced by Deathstroke's ex-wife as to why he has to bring Deathstroke in. Cool, which is kind of cool. Um, I also read the latest issue of Hellblazer. I don't know why I did that because I clearly need to drop this. Oh, really? Are you not reading it? I thought I, I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be. I, I just was at the bottom of my pile. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll skip it. <laughs> it was kind of good, though, right? I mean, it's okay. 
what am I? Why, why did I not like this? <laughs> Let me try and figure it out. It was, um, I mean, this is like he keeps his shirt on. Yeah, that's probably it. Not enough nudity for my tastes. Um, I think I think the art lets it down a little bit. Some of the storytelling isn't super clear sometimes, and it's a little bit confusing as to what's going on. This story, this uh, now that I'm going through it though, this issue was actually pretty fun. There were some fun moments with um John and Chaz, and um the swamp thing stuff is what I feel is most um letting it down. But it's also to do with genies and gins and stuff like that. So yeah, that that stuff bored bored me to tears. Yeah, it's not it's not the most brilliant. Hellblazer run of all time, obviously. Like, it's just not going to be. Um, how, how many Hellblazer runs have you read? None. <laughs> this is the only one. So I'm just going, I'm assuming. I'm assuming this isn't the greatest Hellblazer run of all time, right? Good assumptions. Good assumptions. <laughs> um, I also read the latest issue of The Flash. This one is even lower in my pile. I can't bring myself to read this. Yeah, see, I, I understand that from the last couple of issues. Um, but I feel like this one was fun, mostly because it had the shade in it, and I really like the shade as a character. Um, and so this is all Wally West, le- the new Wally West, the new Kid Flash, learning how to be responsible and learning to be Kid Flash and um, all that kind of stuff. And now they've um, both Flash and Kid Flash have been taken into the shade universe because they have to help the shade um, get rid of some bad shade guys. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Not good enough. Hmm. Uh, those are all our DC books. Oh, actually, I read Scooby-Doo Team-Up number 20 with uh, oh, Space yeah. Ghost in it because I um, unfortunately dropped Future Quest because it was really boring. So mm. I thought I would read a very mindless Scooby-Doo book that Space Ghost was in. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> this review, this this book is uh, it is is fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Scooby-Doo, probably. I really want to read more of these Cartoon Network kind of classic Hanna-Barbera legacy character books, mm. but they're not good. Yeah. Flintstones is great, though. Love that Flintstones is the best. So those are all our DC books. Uh, I've only read a couple more. Oh wait, no, these are all the number ones. What did I, I read? Like two or three more books this week. Nice. Shimon, you want to start going through your pile? Um, well, should we talk about Snot Girl first? We just should to, just to cheer me up. <laughs> Snot Girl by uh, Brian Lee O'Malley um, and Leslie Hung. Um, we've loved this series so far, and uh, this issue did not change that love one bit. Uh, it's become way more of a mystery mm-hmm. format kind of book. Um, there are a couple of mysteries trying to be solved. Um, most of it is what happened between Cool Girl and Snot Girl. Mm-hmm. <coughs> is she dead? Is she alive? Mm. Is Snot Girl crazy? Probably. And this is a world full of such horrible characters. Like, so far, I don't think we've found one who I'm like, that's like that's supposed to be the moral center of this book. Like, everyone is really self-serving and out for themselves and everyone's cheating on well, each other. Esther, and her, her intern. But even her intern is, like, secretly getting a new job and about to leave her. You know? I'd, I'd leave her. Yeah, obviously, Lottie is horrible. <laughs> She's, like, really mean to Esther and doesn't care about anything except herself. Um, and this now we see uh, Lottie interacting with the police officer who's supposed to be investigating her but is clearly in love with her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's obviously a conflict of interest. We see, like... Some of the weird sexism that Lottie has to deal with when, like, a doctor starts hitting on her while she's got her shirt off, um, which is really heavy. Her weird interactions with her friends, like, she doesn't seem to have any real genuine friendships. And so, like, they do such a good job of typifying this character who is so, seems so perfect, but when you read it, she's so isolated and lonely-seeming and really sad. Um, I I think they, I think O'Malley and um, Leslie Hung have done such an insanely genius job on this Absolutely. i really i really can't rate this highly enough it's like so complex as a character piece it's so interesting uh, like the plot is so interesting it's such a weird mystery and such a 
it's one of those ones where you don't know what's actually real and what's going on in her head and what's actually happening, um, which I really love. There's some great sketches at the back of this too um, by both Leslie Hung and Brian Lee O'Malley, and it's cool seeing Brian Lee O'Malley draw in the style of Leslie Hung. Yeah, and it's also like it cannot it cannot be stated enough, but both Brian Lee O'Malley and Leslie Hung do such a great job of um, incorporating women's fashion and making oh, yeah. it look real and making it look livable and making it look sort of um, beautiful and contemporary and relevant and all those things. And I love, I love the colours. I don't know who does the colours on it. Colours by Mickey Quinn. Brilliant. So brilliant. Great little letter section at the back too. There's that someone has uh, taken a picture of herself in the iconic outfit from issue two. Um, and it also is written like the letter section is responded to by Lottie. So yeah. she's really rude to everyone. So good. <laughs> it's so good, guys. It's so clever. I love it. It's not girl. One of the best books of the year. Absolutely. Probably, uh, I don't know, but definitely up there. Top five books yeah. of the year for me. You can vote for it. Put it in there. Please do, guys. Make your vote. Um, I just checked the voting and um, the question, who is the better Serious Issues host? Yeah. You've got all the votes. I've yes! got not one. Yes! <laughs> I'm so competitive about this, guys. <laughs> vote for Siobhan, guys. I have very little going on I'm going to lead a campaign. <laughs> Uh, the Goddamned Issue 5, The Goddamned Returns, uh, Jason Aaron and RM Guerra on this book about the Bible times being real shitty. Yeah. This is a gross, yucky book. This is this is <laughs> the ickiest book. And just when you think there's a moment of hope, it gets stabbed in the goddamn neck. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That ending was just devastating. Um, yeah, this is... A, I mean, like, I like reading it. It's not very enjoyable because that you just don't know who to barrack for mm. and if anything in this world is is worth 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 getting behind. <laughs> but I kind of love that. Like it's 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 so unrelentingly horrible. But really like um like my boyfriend was saying that Jason Aaron must have been raised in some kind of theistic tradition because it is so biblically accurate and in really like um I mean, he's got a lot of deep I mean, cuts, a lot of Bible deep cuts in there. It's pretty easy to, 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 to be biblically accurate, though. I guess, I guess. Just, all you need to do is read one thing. But <laughs> I mean, but it's really hard to read, and it's heaps long. Um, so that's impressive, even if you just, you know, reread the Bible as an adult. Yeah. Um, and R.M. Guerra's art makes it look filthy. It so is filthy. disgusting. Absolutely awful. I love it. I, re- I really enjoy reading this, which makes me feel horrible inside. But um, Saddest. Yeah, it's so good. Like uh, having having Cain as the kind of moral compass and the hero of the book is so brilliant. Yeah, because he's despicable. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy who invented murder, but he's the best guy in this whole book. <laughs> yeah, Every, so- everyone else is like unrepentantly murderous, raping, horrible. So this is the end of um, the arc about the. Before the Flood, mm-hmm. which is all about Noah mm-hmm. and his ark. Does, does Noah survive this this ark? Yeah, I think Noah's still there. ARC, not ARK. Um, but uh, yeah, the next one is called The Virgin Brides. Sick. I can't think uh, which particular Bible story that's going to be about. Do you reckon we're going to see King Solomon and the uh, the baby who... Um, that two women like claim that the baby is theirs, and then he's like, "Okay, I'll cut this baby in half." Oh my god! And one got, one woman's like, "Oh, just go for it," and then, <laughs> then the other one's like, "No, don't do it." And he's like, "Ah, the one that cared. You are obviously the, the, the mother." I would love. I, what that's, a, that's going to be a sneaky trick. That, that's going to be a real dirty, dirty, dirty story yeah. if we see that. Because I reckon we're going to see straight up just a baby cut in half. Nice. I'm excited, guys. <laughs> I'm very, very concerned. Please don't vote for Siobhan. <laughs> 
Um, Chew, issue 60, was the last book that I read this week. Actually, it was the first book that I read this week because I was very excited for this mm. finale. Uh, Chew is a very long-going, 60 issues, um, series over at Image, uh, written by John Lehman with art by Rob Gilroy the whole way through. Gillery, sorry, Gillery. Um, the mm-hmm. whole way through, they've done, it's been the two of them. Um, That's so impressive. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a rare thing mm. these days, too. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, this is all about a, um, an FBI agent, a federal agent, who has the ability to uh, taste. Like, when he eats something, he can, he can read. How, he has the entire story of what's happened to that meal before it got to him. And it also means that if he bites someone, like I say, someone that's murdered, he can find out how that person was murdered, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, this became an, like, what started as like a pretty funny crime story set in a world where chicken had been outlawed, became this unbelievable epic mm. with so many characters. We've seen a lot of death um, over the last few issues, and this uh, this final issue didn't really uh, go the way I thought it was going to go. It kind of jumped forward and quite quite a lot. Uh, but I, I was very satisfied with this ending. Um, nice. And if you want to talk to me directly about it, because I don't want to spoil this long. I mean, if, if you haven't read Chew, now is your chance to just have an amazing week in which you read 60 issues of a very, very well-realized comic that only gets better and better. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to discuss this with me, uh, you can do so on our group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast. Uh, I, got, I got a lot of thoughts, but mm. I don't want to spoil the book for everybody. So come find me there. Nice. Um, so is that all you read? Yeah, man. What oh, have man. you got? All right. So I you also like read... four things. Yeah, I know. Get <laughs> <laughs> um, Vote I... for me. <laughs> um, I also read... I read um, Depth or Department H. A little bit confusing to, because, to be honest, I think I've missed the last two issues. But it was still a really solid read. It was mostly... It was one of those ones where it kind of goes into the backstory of... Um, one of the one of the characters that we know and who seems who um, our lead detective character suspects as being probably the person who killed her dad and is causing all the troubles. And then it seems as if definitely it's not him because he had a very horrible but then noble past. Um, and the art is great and it's such a satisfying book to read. Like the paper's nice. I know that sounds yeah. silly, but um, Matt Kin is. Uh, brilliant, and it's Charlene Kent as well. Is that his wife? Yeah, that's right. Up? She does. She does so a little watercolor um, painting. There, so there, there are some books in this on in a, this week that I I didn't I didn't prioritize because I know yeah. I'm going to read them anyway. And, and also, you know they're going to be great. And it's like you know we're, we're how many issues in on this? Is it seven or eight? Um, like uh, it's pretty I hard. Think eight. To, yeah, yeah eight. it's it's hard to kind of say what what uh you know to talk at length about these books that aren't yeah. about like characters that everybody knows yeah that, absolutely uh, without spoiling plot points so i'll read this tonight totally speaking of characters that everyone knows eight. I also a- eight is written like four yeah. th- 400 times on this book. i know but it's written really little um <laughs> i wasn't sure if that was just a design element um uh sergio aragones grew Frey of the gods i love this comic i know that it's not like top of everyone's pile and i know silly slapsticky comics about barbarians are not everyone's thing but goddamn sergio aragones is one of the all-time great cartoonists and this is so funny it's just like if you don't know grew he is um he's a barbarian who loves a ruck loves a fight um, is an absolute idiot, so goes on quests and immediately forgets what his quest is about, is constantly manipulated into doing what other people think. And this is all about a guy who has um, declared himself a god and is trying to amass more followers and using Gru as a tool um, to do that. And it's just really funny. It's just a really, like, uh, such a breath of fresh air. And Sergio Aragones is, like, 
I mean, there's so much, like, you don't need me to tell you that there's so much detail in every single panel. That's what he's, that's what he does. That's what he's famous for. Um, but I just think this is really good fun. Yeah. Really genius. Super fun. Continues to be excellent. Um, I also read the latest issue, issue four of the Black Monday Murders, Jonathan Hickman's fucking amazing book is it issue with four art. Or by- is it five now? This is, uh, this is issue four, right? Oh, it's four. Okay, cool. Um, with art by, is it Al Coker? Tom Coker. Tom Coker. Um, with colours by Michael Garland and letters by Russ Wooten. Um, I can't remember who said it online, but someone I saw um, said that, like, I mean, he's really, Hickman is really um, playing around with the single issue as a, like, as a, as a, as a format. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, like, I mean, this is the only single issue, we've said it before, that has chapters and, yeah. like, a contents page <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's the story is broken up with um, diary entries and letters and um, news stories that have bits blacked out. And it's, um, you know, it's everything that Hickman does best at secret societies and um, economics and um, the evil of money and the Rothschilds. And it's sick. I love it. It's so fun. And it's... um. It is an intimidating read, like it's a heavy comic and you know you're going to have to spend about 40 minutes to an hour on a single issue, which is pretty bonkers, but it's so worthwhile. Oh, it's, it's an unbelievable read. Like if you were buying this to read it, then, you know, when I used to buy a comic, but, you know, for me, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I see it at my pile on like a busy weekend. I'm yeah. like, okay, I can either read that or I can read four, four other books yeah. in the same time that it would take me to read that. But I know that I'm going to have a rewarding read when I, when Absolutely. I read Absolutely. And it's also one of those ones that if you really like... I read this pretty thoroughly, but if you really read it thoroughly, you would get so much out of it. Like, if, like you, if you read the words? <laughs> I just look at the pictures. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. But if you go back, because there's all these kind of codes, and he, I think he gives you like a bit of a oh, yeah, yeah. legend for the codes. So you can go back and read all of the crazy, like, scary language and stuff like that, which I just I haven't had the time to do. But I want to at some point in my life, because it's... Um, he loves it's codes. So many of his books have codes. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good code? I love a good code. <laughs> Um, and the last thing, well, the second last thing that I read, um, I read issue three of Jim Thompson's The Killer Inside Me, which is the one that's being written by Devin Faraci with art by uh, Vic Mel Melhotra. Um, I feel like issue three was the weakest issue of this so far. It's a pretty unrepentantly grim book about a guy who has a a killer inside him, obviously. This is, like, based on in a his novel. Mouth. In, a, in his mouth. He keeps him in his pocket. Um, no, the the... Terrible, terrible um, compulsion in his brain to kill and kill again. And so he kills a prostitute and then he's going to kill his girlfriend and all these kinds of stuff. And he's, it's all the world closing in on him as he tries to get away with his murders and to still live his life the way that he wants to. And it's, it's pretty compelling and it continues to be pretty compelling. Um, I'd be interested to see what Devin Fracci does next uh, if he continues to write comics because I think he's pretty good at it. Mm. Final comic. The other thing I wanted to mention is I read the trade paperback of Ancestor, which was something that was originally printed in Ireland. This is by Matt Sheehan and Malachi Ward. Um, and so it, I'm, I'm so happy because I don't have all of the Ireland issues, and I'm so glad that they're collecting some of the better – well, I mean, everything's brilliant that um, is published in it, but some of the really, really excellent books are now being published as graphic novels, and this is one I would really highly recommend everyone pick up because this is it starts off as some – like I love near future sci-fi about the evils of social media and stuff like that because I'm fairly anxious about artificial intelligence and stuff like that. Anyway, um, so this starts off as you know, um, a bunch of people go to um, this guy's house who lives off the grid, and he's like this technological genius. And when they go into his um, place, they're 
their service is cut off and the way that social media exists now is that we have a, a sort of visor over our faces at all time that show all of the little things all of the like imagine if you had all of your tabs open in front of your face at all times <laughs> and as someone who has like 20 tabs open all the time that gives me acute anxiety I draw the line at 10 Oh, man. Tens on Max. Nick gets so mad at me. I have so many tabs all the time. Both for me, guys. For tab <laughs> you love <management>. tabs. <laughs> you love poor tab management. Butchborn. Um, but then halfway through, so the first two issues, you're like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. And then it takes this unbelievable turn where you're just like, I genuinely did not see that coming and turns into this kind of almost like – Kirby or Mobius inspired like God story like and you realize that it becomes about like the creation of these gods and it's, I can't even explain it but it's it's completely brilliant and the art's beautiful and it's um a really really special book to read and I think it'd be if you know someone who likes that sort of thing it's a great Christmas present is it a complete story or is it going to be yeah. continued no complete story so it's cool. like it was only sort of um, four parts four little issues it's a fairly slim trade you'll get through it pretty quickly but it's super worthwhile such a good story awesome really especially if you it. hate social media as I do and um, which it's webs- my job which, say, which <laughs> website do you utilize in, in all the work you do <laughs> Facebook everybody I know I love Facebook <laughs> Um, those are all our reviews. Oh, did you read Lake of Fire for this? Oh question? yeah, I did read Sorry, Lake of Fire. We totally forgot about that. That was good. Cool. It's a good issue. Continues to be good. Excellent. I think it's wrapping up now, isn't it? It's only going to be a series. Is it five yeah. or six issues? I think it's only going to be five issues from what I gathered from that. We'll talk about it in depth when it Absolutely. finishes. Good Continues book. to be Nathan good Nathan Fairbairn, Matt, somebody. Smith? Mm, I don't feel confident Let's go with in Smith. that. I'll yeah. go with Smith. Not Doctor Who. Um, you thank you for so much for listening to all of our reviews. Um, we'll be back next week to review all of this week's comics, and those include quite a few. Actually, it's a, it's a pretty slim week when it comes to good stuff. It's a, the, the, the fifth week of the month is always. Oh, my computer died too. Oh well. <laughs> there's heaps of comics. There's not that many comics coming out next week, but there are some good ones. We'll post what we're going to pick up next week uh, on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/seriousissuespodcast. Come join the conversation there. Discuss about the episode, all the comics that we talk about in the episode. Um, and, uh, of course, while you're there, go on our survey, vote for your favorite comics and comic book creators of the year on, uh, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course hit up, uh, mosh ticks, buy yourself a $5 ticket to single issues night on the 15th of December, um, at Hudson ballroom. Bring a date, bring a Tinder date. Imagine what a fun first date that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good dating option actually. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. And uh, as we say every week on serious issues. We say stay serious. Do we? Well, you always make me. Oh, right. (laughs) Vote Levens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we got a snort in last. Hey, this is Levens. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevens.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.